feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I know your name is Rita. show there are multiple reports that biden was apologizing to a number of muslim groups because he was questioning the facts coming out from hamas they were saying you're putting more trust in israel than you're putting in hamas guess what one is a terrorist group the other is not so yeah maybe he should put a little more trust in israel than the terrorist group Hamas that kidnaps and rapes women and murders children. So this is just insane. But the fact that there are, according to multiple reports, that he was out there apologizing to these Muslim groups, saying, sorry, I should have been maybe a little more deferential to Hamas. I'm praying those reports are not true because, boy, would that be a sad moment in American leadership. But I wouldn't be surprised because throughout this whole ordeal, he has been kind of lackluster. Yes, he has said he supports Israel, and I'm glad he is doing that. It's the right move. They're one of our greatest allies, and they clearly were under attack on October 7th. But then many people surmise that behind the scenes, and there's multiple reports from credible sources, that he's been putting pressure behind the scenes saying, slow down. And we've even seen him publicly coming out and saying, you know, talking about anti-Semitism. And then in the next breath, he is talking about Islamophobia or he's saying, you know, condoning, uh, you know, the fact that the two sides are fighting and essentially putting a moral equivalent on the two and scolding Israel publicly often coming out and essentially saying you know what, Uh, you should reduce civilian deaths as if they're targeting civilians on purpose. So he is definitely sending mixed messages. And he had been sending out messages over the weekend saying, yeah, he would like the pause to be extended. I do want to say, first off, it was great news that so many hostages have come out. And it is, I think, the right thing to do. What leader in the world would say, no, we're just going to kind of keep going if you had the chance to get these hostages out. And I do think overall it was an important move for Israel to do, to try to get some of these people out. That is really, really important. So far, though, they have Hamas. The terrorist group has returned, I think it's 69 hostages. Um, Of course, a number of them, obviously most of them Israeli, some of them are Thai uh, some are from another other nationality. There's one Russian because Hamas and Russia has such great relations. They were boasting today why they let out one of these guys who was a Russian uh, Israeli. Oh, we put him out because we love Putin. Uh, no surprise there. Um, but so far, there's still about 180 hostages left. And we know that now the ceasefire is going to continue at least for two more days. They're hoping they're going to get another 20 hostages out. And then what happens after two more days? If all things go as planned, will they continue to just go, 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 go? 
it's a that's when it's going to get gut wrenching, you guys, because now Hamas is really holding all the cards saying, OK, we're going to release X. And what happened over the weekend on Saturday, they looked like there was a big hitch that they weren't going to release them at first. They didn't like apparently the Palestinian prisoners, the hardened prisoners that Israel is releasing on the other side, three to one in exchange for the innocent women and children who've been taken hostage. They clearly are also not in a rush to get rid of the American hostages. They got rid. uh, They released, thank goodness, Abigail, Abigail Adon, who turned four while she was in captivity. That was a beautiful scene to see her release. She's an American. But guess what? She doesn't have a mother or father. They were both killed in front of her. And in fact, her father, uh, from all reports, shielded her and used his body to block the bullets he was killed. She crawled out under her father's murdered body and saw her mother was killed and ran to the neighbor. And then the neighbor's house uh, was then the next spot of attack. And the neighbor's family was taken hostage along with little Abigail. But she was freed, thank goodness. But so far, uh, there are the two women early on, and then there was the one the other day, uh, Abigail. So This is not a big success story. I wonder, where is the president? Why didn't he say at the very beginning, we will not give you one shred of a ceasefire unless you release all of the hostages, including all of the Americans? He just doesn't seem to have any fire in the belly, and he seems to be very lackluster with Israel. And you have to wonder, all of these pauses that's happening with Israel, remember they were charging, 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 waiting right there to go in, and then suddenly things got slowed down. And it was right after Joe Biden kind of went over there. So you have to wonder what the heck is going on right now and what are they doing behind the scenes? Is he saying like he did with, uh, remember, the prosecutor in Ukraine will pull the aid unless you fire that prosecutor? Is he going over to Israel and is he sending messages privately saying uh, unless you do a pause or unless you slow down, we're not going to give you any more aid or we're going to pull the warships? Who knows what he's saying? But he clearly is sending very mixed messages, and that is not a good thing when you're dealing with terrorists. And today, John Kirby, he is the national security spokesperson. He's the guy you always see at the White House. And this is what he said when he heard that Israel and Hamas were extending their four-day pause to make it another day. This is cut number eight. And this is when John Kirby was asked, hey, what do you think? And does the president like this? Do you like this? What are your thoughts about that pause and the extension? And this is what he had to say. We welcomed the announcement just a little bit ago, I think in the last hour or so, by Cutter, that the humanitarian pause in Gaza now in its fourth day will be extended for another two days through Thursday morning Israel time. This humanitarian pause has already brought a halt to the fighting together with a surge of humanitarian assistance. Now, in order to extend the pause, Hamas has committed to releasing another 20 women and children over the next two days. We would, of course, hope to see the pause extended further, and that will depend upon Hamas continuing to release hostages. So doesn't it sound like the U.S. would love for it to continue indefinitely? I mean, they don't seem to be pushing Israel in any sense of the word. They just seem to be saying, well, Israel, you know, we support them, but also we would hope that they would minimize civilian deaths, like scolding them in the process. They have done nothing to separate the Palestinian people from Hamas. 
I mean, you would think that the president of the United States would say, listen, the good Palestinian people get out. Hamas needs to be leveled so you could live under democratic rule. But yet when we saw some of these Palestinian prisoners getting released, some of the women and children, some of them accused of attempted murder, by the way, these are the ones that the Israelis had to release in return. Well, guess what? They were cheering in the streets. You could see them in Gaza, some of the images. And in the West Bank, there were images where they were like treated like uh, the Beatles came to town, right? And they were also holding Hamas flags and Palestinian flags, saying, aren't these people great? Aren't they the greatest? We got rid of some of these criminals are now out on the streets. And that's only going to make Israel's job so much harder in this fight, because now they have to go after these people. The last time when they released a whole bunch of people for that one Israeli soldier, this was in 2011, the guy was held for five long years. They released 1,027, 1,027 criminals out of their jails in exchange for that one Israeli soldier. And guess what? You know who they released? Part of that group? Well, part of it was Sinwar. He is the head of Hamas. So the leader of Hamas was released in a prisoner exchange in 2011, rose up, and now he has become the most wanted guy probably for the Israelis as we speak. And you can bet he's holding a whole bunch of hostages, including probably some Americans right by his side, because he knows that they are the most valuable and probably some Israeli soldiers, too, as well, uh, because he believes he can probably bargain maybe for his safety at the end. But doesn't it look like Joe Biden is cracking? And is he really admitting any strength at all? Well, here is John Kirby today also asked, how many more Americans do you think there are? Because Abigail, the little girl, again, who turned four, she was released. And this is cut number 10. This is John Kirby saying, well, I think this, it doesn't really sound like he even knows. John, how many Americans are still being held hostage and do you have proof of life? We think the number is, um, well, it's less than 10, probably in the neighborhood of, you know, about eight to nine. Um, But we don't necessarily have firm, solid information on each and every one of them. We don't really have firm information. We sort of think they're there. We don't really know. Granted, there's a lot of things that fog of war. There's a lot of craziness. But he doesn't really seem so assured. And what about saying Hamas better turn them over immediately as opposed to, well, you know, when they get around to it, you know, sort of it's like uh, we're not going to really leave anybody behind. I heard that from Afghanistan and it sounds awfully similar to the way things were handled there. And here is Tom Cotton, Senator Tom Cotton, saying that Hamas and Iran, they don't worry about Biden whatsoever, would you? We have elite special operations forces who are specifically trained in hostage rescue. I, I do think we have to be deferential to, Israelis, to the Israeli government and the Israeli defense forces about the tactical situation on the ground. But if American military forces are called upon and can provide a viable solution to get out American citizens and the citizens of Israel or other nations, then we have to be open to that. But again, it's not just those small special operations units that we have trained. We have two aircraft carriers in the region. We've increased the number of troops and aircraft we have in the region. Yet Hamas is still so contemptuous of President Biden that it hasn't yet released American hostages. This would have never happened under Donald Trump or Ronald Reagan. In fact, if you recall, 
Jimmy Carter had a hostage crisis with Iran, Hamas's patron, for over 400 days. Iran released those hostages the day Ronald Reagan took office because they were so scared of what Ronald Reagan might do to them. You don't see that kind of fear of President Biden from Hamas or Iran or, frankly, anyone around the world. No, you certainly don't. But listen to Democratic Senator Chris Murphy. He thinks Biden walks on water. Let's give credit where credit is due. Um, President Biden and his team um, worked 24-7 with partners in the region uh, to make sure that this release um, was possible and to set a framework through which we can see more hostages released. This is a president who um, is right now showing the American people what real leadership looks like. Is this what real leadership looks like? Uh, Let's see. We've got Ukraine. We've got China. We've got all the stuff going on with North Korea. Let's look at what's going on right now in the Middle East. This is what leadership looks like. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan. Uh, Line two. Stan, uh, what do you think? Uh, I agree totally with the senator. Uh, Not Cotton, the other guy. Uh, Ronald Reagan. He forgets Iran-Contra where we paid off the things under the Reagan administration. So who the hell is he kidding? Let's get something straight. Uh, Your friend Dom. Dom, Okay. Uh, Who are you talking about? Dom the caller. Dom the caller. Dom, yeah. Let's think. Never would have happened if he had made a deal with Saudi Arabia. We discussed this, Rita, you and I, and you agreed. If the deal would have gone through with Israel and Saudi recognizing each other, we wouldn't be in this situation. But as we've said, there's no doubt Hamas felt they were being left out. They didn't see anything happening with them, so they did what they did. So we know that's one of the major reasons. Had they signed the deal, we wouldn't be in this situation, but it is what it is. The other thing is even more tragic is that the president is doing exactly what he has to do. He's getting them out. They're coming out. It is not the greatest situation. But you don't know what's there negotiating. Neither do I, and neither do half the people. And even John Kirby doesn't know. It's going on between Cutter. And here's the other Cutter plays both ends from the middle. They have to be watched. They've keeping the Hamas leader there in Qatar, right? He's there. Yeah, so. no, you're right. And listen, they are speaking to both sides. Yeah. Uh, and, and the one thing, though, I'll say, Stan, is that when you hear people say, I want to thank Qatar, I want to thank Egypt. Yeah, they play the, both sides. Yeah, but, but my point is they're not thanking on these negotiations. At least Qatar is having some contact uh, I think ultimately, you know, there may be pressure on Qatar to obviously kick out these Hamas guys, but right now they're at least able to talk to them to get some of these they're people paid out. Off, Rita, Rita, they're, they're paid off. No, I mean, there's definitely. The Hamas is, they got billions. They've got to oh, be paying off Qatar. Absolutely. They, well, big money. And then I also think Qatar's probably paying big money to get some of these hostages out, too. I mean, there's probably money going around a lot. But, but you're correct. However, Stan, I don't hear them going, thank goodness for the leader leadership of Joe Biden. The only one who's applauding Joe Biden is Joe Biden, you know, and then the Democrats are parroting it. And, I don't hear that. Yeah, I, I don't hear I do. that at all. Oh, I hear. They, oh, they come right out and they thank Egypt and they thank Qatar for negotiating. They don't go, thank goodness Joe Biden really took control of this. Joe Biden is like, uh, uh, yeah, I would like a pause. I would like a that, that's not a that's not a strong leader, Stan. You know, you could contend that maybe this might not have happened had Joe Biden been a stronger leader. 
You know, if I hate to say this, and it really saddens me, Stan. I love this country. I want the best for this country. But I see people smelling weakness and taking advantage of this moment. And, and that really saddens me, Stan. And that, that's, that's a sad place for our country and for the world. We're going to continue with your calls after the break, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Bruno. He's your numero uno. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Rita Cosby show a lot of stories about very wealthy Jewish donors to colleges pulling out their money big time. Uh, A college admissions consultant was telling the New York Post they're not paying a single dollar more to these Ivy League schools. They don't want to be associated with these schools. They are totally out saying it's top of the mind for current seniors. They're asking to edit and refine their college lists now. Interesting times on all the way around. Let's go to Sandra, line five. Uh, Sandra, what do you think? Well, good evening, Rita. Well, I wanted to comment on what you were talking about before, how police morale is very low and how um, people are really out of control in their behavior. And I just wanted to say that tonight I was watching... um, I was watching on YouTube uh, the fall of Minneapolis. Oh yeah, and, and now and now I'm beginning to think, you know, bad behavior is learned, it's copied, and I think it all started then with that that incident with uh, George Floyd and and uh, Derek uh, Chauvin, and and now that that audio tells you they didn't tell us the truth. Yeah, and there's a lot of details about what was in the men- physical history of George Floyd. Um, also, cops were taught some of the techniques that he used, but some didn't testify to it appropriately on the stand. Rita Cosby is on. Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And this is the Tunnel to Towers Foundation Support Our Heroes segment with a powerful story coming from Hancock, Maryland, where this past month, veteran Mario Panessi sat in his son's Hancock area home as Maryland Delegate Terry Baker presented him with a Maryland General Assembly 
Certificate of Ceremony, recognizing one of the oldest surviving World War II veterans. <coughs> Excuse me, quite an accomplishment, he said, at 104 and a half. And he also told his son, well, you need to hear the stories, the stories of survival, the stories of the real heroes. Panessi enlisted in the Navy in 1940. His son said his father told him he joined the Navy out of a sense of duty. What a beautiful, beautiful story. And for uh, Tunnels to Towers, all it takes is $11 a month. Donate just $11 a month to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation at T2T.org. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation is honoring Veterans Day by providing mortgage payoffs or mortgage-free homes for 50 hero families. These 50 homes are in 26 different states across the country and will help catastrophically injured veterans, Gold Star families, and fallen first responder families with prior military service. In 2023, the foundation is providing housing assistance and services to more than 3,000 of America's homeless veterans. Visit T2T org to learn more and donate eleven dollars per month. That's T the number two T org. And again, go to tunnels to towers dot org T two T org. They do so much to support our great veterans and their families, and also, of course, first responders heroes. Check out the Tunnel to Towers Foundation at T two T org. And, of course, we are talking about the hostages who were freed. We are hearing some details tonight that of the 11 that were freed today and more are going to be freed tomorrow, nine of them are kids, nine kids. These monsters took young children, and there are still many, many more kids left. There are about 140 hostages still left, so there are still many, many, many more. And here is Adam Baker. He's the cousin of one of the freed hostages talking about what the hostages went through. Take a listen. They're traumatized. They're not ready to speak to anyone. Their father is still missing. There's no sign of him. There's no body. There's no official claim that he's a hostage. And so that is worse than an open wound. Um, their uncle was murdered. He was part of the defense team of the kibbutz, kibbutz Be'eri, and their nephew went out and uh, he was murdered. They're slowly, from what I'm told, being told this from the trauma team that is with them. So I can only imagine that it's going to be close to October 7 all over again for them. Mm. And it's only the second chapter of a book that we don't know how many chapters it's going to have. It's not the end. It's not the middle. It's it's just the beginning. It is just the beginning. And we're finding out that a lot of the hostages that were taken were sleeping on chairs or benches. Imagine that, chairs or benches. Many of them didn't see daylight the entire time. They were there for like 50 days. Didn't see daylight the entire time. That is an unbelievable testimony to what they are going through. And now we're finding out that this group that's doing a lot of the protests, it's called Students for Justice in Palestine. They're the ones that call for this day of action all around the country just a few days after the attacks. 
They're the ones that had the little hand glider, remember, on the flyers, thinking it's funny because the hand gliders were the Hamas guys that came in. Remember, that's how they invaded Israel. Many of them came in on hand gliders. Well, it turns out that they put out a series of sort of protest manuals and produced what's called a Day of Resistance Toolkit, complete with graphics, hashtags, information for campus walkouts. They had this, like, big, huge plan. Like, like here's the here's the template, guys. Do this in your school. This doesn't sound like some organic, you know, group that's rising up. This is like a planned, organized protest. Cut and paste toolkit. Basically, substitute your school's name, substitute the location, and everything else is there ready for you. Like a little template, a little toolkit. Again, featuring a hand glider set against a red background. How nice is that? And it turns out they also had the wrong date. They put, oh, well, the attack on Israel on October 8th. Of course, it was October 7th. So they're not very smart either. But how scary is that? That it's like, here's your template. Just insert name. Just insert location. They made it super easy. And you have to wonder, who is backing these people? Where is the money coming from? There's some reports uh, tied to some similar groups, as we talked about, that were supporting the riots in 2020. How shameful is it that this group doesn't even talk about what happened to the Israelis on October 7th, how they were brutalized, tortured, raped, killed, the hostages, and now we're seeing these young kids coming out? I mean, if this doesn't speak volumes, the fact that it's young kids coming out, a four-year-old, she was three when she was captured, turned four while she was there. By the way, by the way, there's a young boy named Kafir that I've talked about on the air. And I remember uh, we have talked about it quite a bit. Shaharazani, who's the former Israeli consulate spokesperson, and I talked about it on the show. And I remember he's a 10-month-old little baby boy. He was when he was taken. He is the youngest hostage. He is still there. What could a 10-month-old baby boy have done to Hamas? But they're holding him for some reason. Why are they holding this young Israeli boy? Why are they also holding women? Why are they holding other children? Why are they holding anybody? I mean, the stories are just horrific, what they have done. And talk about just the transparency. You have women and children leaving, getting freed. And then on the other side, Israel is forced to free criminals who they have arrested, some of them for as much as attempted murder. And they're being you know, treated like heroes when they come back to the streets on the West Bank or in Gaza. That, I think, speaks volumes. And yet, Israel is not only fighting a war, because guess what? All these people that they're letting out, you know that they're darn well going to rise up against Israel. And I talked about the leader of Hamas now is a guy who they let out in 2011 in a prisoner exchange. And many others back then, too, that were hardened criminals that hated Israel. So guess what? They're going to have to fight all these more people now that are in the prison system that have now been let out and more to come. Because guess what? They still have like 180 more hostages. So how long do you think Israel should go? Every day, should it be a drip, drip, drip? Should they just continue? That's a lot of days. If you look at it like 10 a day, that could be 18 more days. That is devastating to their war effort. And there are reports that, like, weapons and arms are coming in through some of these aid trucks. We don't know. I don't know if it's true. 
but you would bet that Hamas is trying darn well to get some in because this gives them a moment to refuel, gives them a moment to rearm. You know, you wouldn't be surprised. A lot of them, they want them to come into northern Gaza. That's where some of the Hamas are. Many of them are going down south. That's a way to escape. This is really, really troubling. And I think the tough stuff is just around the horizon. And look, I pray to God that every single one of them comes home. There is no doubt about it. I And, and I, you know... I pray for all their families that they have this beautiful reunion, like some of the ones we saw over the weekend. We're just amazing to see that little boy running over to his father. And the story also, Emily Hand, um, whose father was saying that at first he wishes she had been dead versus a hostage because he was so worried what was happening to her as a hostage. And then to see her released into her father's arm, that was just, it was so powerful. Tears in my eyes to see it. And I hope that more of them continue but I also hope that Israel uh, still has the support of the U.S. and others to eradicate Hamas. And it's going to make it so much tougher with now a lot more criminals out on the streets and also the time that now Hamas has had to regroup and also more. They're going to maybe one day say, well, you know what? We said we'd give you 10, but today we'll give you five. We'll give you five tomorrow. We'll give you two today. We'll give you two tomorrow. What is Israel going to do at that point? one eight hundred eight four eight nine two 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 one eight hundred eight four eight nine two 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 and here is the spokesperson with the IDF Jonathan Corn Cornricus he's the guy you see all the time on TV because guess what not only is he dealing with the war of course on the ground they're also dealing with the media and the propaganda war listen to this exchange so we've seen unfortunately, in the media, an equivalence between the hostages and the Palestinian prisoners being released uh, to the Palestinian Authority. What do you say to those making that comparison? I think it's a very shallow comparison, and it goes along the lines of, you know, people uh, with, uh, with, you know, catchphrases and slogans of let's just cease the fighting, let's bring the, bring the end to hostilities, and let's uh, end the suffering and many other platitudes that really there's nothing uh, behind them and it maybe it sounds right but they are so detached from reality um the uh, palestinians the convicted offenders that we have uh, released from prison uh, are people who to, who made an active decision to engage in illegal activity whether it's terrorist activity against civilians or military activity against uh, the military or police but are, these are people who made an active uh, decision to act violently. Uh, some of them are underage, some of them are women. But these are all people, nobody there is innocent, and nobody there is in jail just because uh, we wanted to take them there. And of course, the easy, lazy way is to create kind of a, a balance or a, a comparison between a four-year-old uh, baby girl and an 84-year-old elderly lady uh, who have nothing to do with fighting. And the analogy is obviously pretty transparent. Who's releasing the criminals because they have to, three to one? And who are the ones who are holding women and children hostage, making them sleep on benches, giving them what we're hearing now from stories, bread and rice and water? And we're hearing from some of the hostages, some of them lost 10, 15 or more pounds some of them were just, again, in sheer darkness, held in the tunnels. 
what is their life going to be like from here on out? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Abner on line five. Abner, your thoughts. Good evening. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Uh, You are welcome. Thank you, Abner. I salute to you and to your uh, show. It's really a beam of light in this darkness. And as uh, being a veteran of Yom Kippur War, and I have a son right now probably inside, uh, inside there. How I beautiful. Like, How beautiful. I, I, like to, I like to start, I have a lot to say, but I like to start, I don't know how much time you're going to give me, but with the slogan from the river to the sea. Any lie has a seed of truth, otherwise it won't, uh, nobody will believe to it. So this slogan, also, I agree with them. There is some seed of truth from the, from the river to the sea. The commander of the central region, I love, uh, rest in peace, Rehavam uh, Zev Gandhi, I was in a special unit under, he was the central command, said clearly, there is no place for two nations between the river and the sea. And this is the truth. There is no place for two nations. The Jewish place, the Jewish people has no place to go. This is our, only our place in the world. Avner, we're losing you. We're losing you. I said the Jewish place has no other place to go. And those Palestinians, which are the garbage of all the countries around, Avner, we're, Avner, you got to call us back because you're off. You're off the microphone. Um, but you know what? And I want to hear your thoughts of when you hear Biden now talking for a two-state solution. I'm thinking right now Israel's got to eradicate Hamas, and you understand that better than anyone, based on your history. And you mentioned your son is over there also fighting too, which is just so heroic and incredible given everything going on right now. Call us back, though, Avner, because lost, we lost you, and I want to hear your thoughts because you understand it, obviously, very well. 1-800-848-9222, and you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about what an organized effort many of these anti-Israel protests are. Some of them spewing such horrible hate and many of them not having any repercussions. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Joaquin, line three. Uh, Joaquin, this is a mess in some of the schools. It's really scary. Okay, Rita, I got a question for you. Just imagine for one second that this kind of behavior was directed towards towards Muslims. Could you imagine what the repercussions would be? Oh, yeah, and, and you heard even what I said. Imagine if it was, you know, an African-American teacher that was scared and it was a group of like angry, you know, uh, white students. I mean, you can see what the headlines already would be. Uh, and you're right, even if it was the Muslim. I, they, I mean, where do we get to a point um, where people are just vilifying people for their faith, especially those that were peacefully protesting? 
You know, I mean, she was at a peaceful rally and she's like, like singled out like she's a villain. But you see, the, the problem is now the, the, the law, the laws, you know, these, these anti-hate crime laws and everything, that, that would be aimed at anyone who would be doing it the other way around. These people, they would be arrested if it was anti-Islamic. Oh, in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. And that's where you, you hit it on the head because that's a huge problem that uh, we're not treating people equally and we're not being fair and look at even the way this has been handled. And I, I even go back to even the verbiage, even from our president, he has been from the beginning uh, condemning Israel saying, you know, you shouldn't be going after civilians. Make sure you, I've been telling them to watch out. I've been telling them to, I mean, that doesn't sound like you're defending them. He, he's been waffly. Um, and, and I haven't heard him say these protests at the schools have to stop. And what about saying, guess what? Uh, some of the people in the so-called squad, uh, the democratic socialists, uh, these really kind of loonies, I call them. Why is he not reining them? And I don't see him condemning them either. That's a huge, huge, huge problem. Let's go to Mary, line one. Mary, your thoughts. Hey, Mary, go ahead on line one. Your thoughts. My thought is, why is Hamas not releasing the young girls from the ages of 20, 25 to 30? Are, are, is Hamas afraid of what they're going to tell them happened to them? And that young man that had half of his arm blown off that was thrown in the back of the truck, why do, why do they not release him also? I agree. There's, it's really interesting that they're not releasing, um, first of all, men. The only one that I saw, the guy, was that guy who was Russian. He was a Russian-Israeli, and they blatantly said the only reason they released him. Um, and I also wonder, Americans, too. I mean, sadly, I think they realize... They're using some of the more high profile, if you will, and they realize having an American is is a value. And you know what's so sad about all this, Mary? You know they are going to, uh, right now, um, really, it's essentially put a bounty on so many Americans' heads and Israelis' heads because they're seeing the benefits of taking hostages. Um, and that's why this is such a dangerous game. I, I also, I don't blame Israel, obviously, uh, wanting to bring these people home to their families. And believe me, if it was my family member, I'd be out there every day in front of the White House. Um, or, you know, if I was Israeli, I'd be there in front of, you know, the prime minister's office. But um, but it's a really dangerous game they're playing because now it's sort of incentivized others to take hostages. They're being rewarded and they're getting three to one criminals coming out, uh, maybe future leaders of Hamas which is a really, really scary thing. And you're right. We don't know why he hasn't released that guy whose arm was blown off. I remember that footage so, so well. And I'm praying that he's okay and that he gets out. Um, let's go to Mike, line five. Mike, your thoughts. Hey, Rita. Um, boy, you know, this is a deadly game and Hamas is controlling all the strings, you know, definitely Iran also. And look at Joe Biden. What are you doing, President? You're waffling, you're stumbling, you're mumbling. You're going through the motions doing nothing. Yeah, and then he's taking credit. Did you see? I mean, that's the classic of it all, Mike, is like he's fumbling, bumbling, and then he's like, "Uh, well, thank God my leadership. But it's funny, if you listen to the other countries, they're not mentioning him. They're not saying, they're saying, thank you, Egypt, thank you, Qatar. They're not saying, boy, I'm so glad Joe Biden was bumbling around.